This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. It is Thursday, 11-11. In China, it's called Singles Day, just a bunch of ones. We're back with Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Now, we used to call, I used to belong to this old club in Brooklyn called the Montauk Club. Mm-hmm. And they used to have, uh, there was a group within the Montauk Club that used to celebrate Corduroy Day. Okay. The corduroy day was January 11th and November 11th because it was all all ones. Right. <laughs> all ones. So there were two corduroy corduroy days a year. Oh, that's funny. And, uh, I had not have heard of that. So corduroy day. Yeah. That's another. That's another one. All right. Very yeah, very some, cool. It was some millennial hipster thing. <laughs> yeah. So. Remember the sound corduroys used to make? Because I had some. In- oh yeah. Yeah. Oh the- man, I remember being. I hated them, and I remember being like forced to wear them as a kid because my yes. mom would buy corduroy pants for me oh, and they were walking horrible. down the hallway in school and go zip 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 zip, zip, zip. you couldn't sneak <laughs> up on them. anybody man it was terrible <laughs> i hated them bell-bottom corduroys <laughs> yeah oh my god we're we're old jonathan you and i are old that's all i gotta oh, say oh man that's no hilarious. we didn't wear them because they were cool in the 1990s <laughs> no. we were forced to wear them in the 1970s when they were very very uncool yeah they so. they, they were just so uncomfortable they were so uncomfortable. Uh, i digress i, I digress thank you for that, that was fun i, I love these <laughs> conversations hey i want to talk about something you brought to my attention that i missed and that is a project ketchup yes folks this is not project mustard or mayonnaise this is project ketchup it was a project that Zillow undertook. It's an internal code name that led to the loss of half a billion dollars. So Jonathan, you brought you brought it to my attention. Why don't you kind of lay it out and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so ketchup, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where if you're not careful, you can get it all over yourself. It's yeah. very messy, yeah. stains your clothing. And that's kind of what happened with Zillow. They got this they put together this uh project you know so we've been talking about their algorithmic buying program mm-hmm. and how that's led to the loss of all this money for them project catch-up was this project to help them catch open door mm-hmm. and do more eye buying and get a bigger piece of the market and this they codenamed it catch-up you know internally and so project catch-up this is just i mean we're starting to see stuff come out. I'm wait, this is going to be fun when like the books on this start coming out because this is just, it's like another example of why Michael, you and I left corporate America never to return because you get just stupid crap like this where people lose sight of what the point is mm-hmm. and all about like oh, market share and who's got, you know, the biggest Mm -hmm. balls right and Mm -hmm. it's like and it's just it's and it just oh man i mean as i read this stuff i get i get like (laughs) post-traumatic you get ptsd (laughs) from from being in corporate america and having to deal with this crap so um so what happened was now there's been you know a lot of 
talk about, oh, this was really dumb eye buying. They're paying too much money for stuff. Well, turned out that it wasn't the algorithm at all. It was this project catch up. And part of what happened as a result of this catch up idea was they started overruling the algorithms and paying more money than the algorithms told them to pay in order to get market share. Mm -hmm. And then to make up for the extra money that they were paying, they started squeezing their contractors, right? So they're telling their contractors, we want you to do more work in less time for less money because frankly, they're a corporation and that's, they can do that to their employees Mm -hmm. and they're used to treating people that way. And Mm -hmm. it's all about, you know, some dumb metrics that really have nothing to do with like how much money you're making or how much money you're taking, taking home or what your ultimate bottom line profit is or any of that stuff. You know, it's all about the top line and bragging about who's biggest and like Mm -hmm. supposedly someday you're going to monetize this, but you know, that, that doesn't happen because the bloat just bloats more and more and more. Right within corporations. So they treated their contractors, the very people that they were depending on to get these renovations done and get them done well and get them done quickly. They screwed them all. So the contractors started saying, the hell with this. Yeah. We're not working for Zillow. I got other work to do. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's busy now. I got lots of people who need Mm -hmm. me right now Mm -hmm. and they're going to treat me better and they're going to pay me what I'm worth. And Zillow, screw you. And so the the combination of them overpaying for houses and then underpaying their contractors led to this massive problem. And here you are now with a $550 million write down. It's half a billion dollars in cash folks that they have written down. Yeah, so it's bad. It's bad. And, and again, you're so right. I mean, I was I was an executive in several software companies. I took I took software products from zero to a hundred million repeatedly. Right, one of one of few people to do that. And I remember sitting in rooms, 12, 14, maybe twenty executives, in making strategic decisions about who we're going to go after. Right, in this case, Open Door. So I can envision the offsite probably on some fancy golf course with steak dinners after where they made this decision and project ketchup was born. It was born in a small room with a set of people. And then what happens in projects like this is the edict comes down market share, kill open door, blah, 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 blah. But by the time that ripples down through the organization, the, the game of telephone really gets warped because I'm sure the 12 people or 14 people in the room that said that still still wanted people to maintain margin and, and all of that. But by the time you get down to the people that are executing, all it says is kill open door, do whatever you can, right? The, the game of telephone distorts and you only remember a couple of pieces. And oh, by the way, it takes time. So you have distortion with layers, distortion in time. And then, oh, by the way, the guys at the bottom, they're executing at a hundred miles an hour. And the only time the executives hear what's going on is when they get their quarterly reports 30 days after the quarters close, right? Cause they don't know what's going down in Arizona and Scottsdale and LA and wherever else they're buying. It is, uh, it doesn't shock me that project ketchup started this and that it ballooned to $550 billion. And again, folks, Zillow initially reported 9,000 homes they had to, to get rid of. It's now proven to be 18,000. 9,000 was only the hangover from Q3. 
they still have Q2 stuff they're dealing with. And that's because contractors and some supply chain, no doubt. But yeah, if you're paying too much, then you grind the people in the middle, you are left with unsold homes and incomplete projects. And now they probably have homes, Jonathan, that are in worse shape today than the day they bought them. Yeah, because if they've got, if they've been sitting vacant or they've got like half Half a renovation done, done, right, then they've actually decreased the value of these homes, which is incredible to think about, right, in this market. And uh, before I get to this, I just wanted to say like that description of how that works just reminds me so much of like communist China, right? Mm -hmm. Like corporations are frankly like communism. Like they're, they're maybe like, you know, they've got money coming in and money going out and stuff. And so, and there's profit involved, but the, the, the structure of it is basically. Yeah. yeah there's communism. a set of people right. right at the top that make yeah. the lion's share. And yeah. And there's and, so and many it layers. Just, crazy. It just reminds, I mean, I, I minored in Chinese history actually in college. Hmm. And I just remember like talking about like the great leap forward and, hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And like, this is exactly what happened. Like chairman Mao said, you know, we are going to increase you know, production, we're going to double production in China in five years. And so the, by the time that trickled down to the bottom of like all the layers of the apparatchiks, like squeezing the person below them to get stuff done, that, that like, by the time I got to the bottom, half the stuff people were doing to raise production was like really short term, like slash and burn kind of like, you know, we're going to like eat the seed corn kind mm-hmm. of stuff to, to make the production happen or just lying. Right. Yeah. Just lying, lying, lying to make the numbers up. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens in these like top down hierarchical organizations, you know, and they and they very often don't listen or care to what the people on the front line are actually seeing and doing. Right. They right. They don't they don't they don't care. They won't listen to them if they tell them. It's 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 it's, I I want to clear. It's not that they don't care. It's that they don't hear it. Right. That's what I mean. The distance between here and here is is astronomical and just like the telephone game down it works the other way and at some point again lying is absolutely the right word right they're they're twisting the story you know that's it's i see it all the time and and um yeah it's yeah that's crazy this is why this is why just a huge reason why i i got out of that world out of here (laughs) and, and the thing is too like honestly like and this is like why small businesses are, are great. And, and I mean, they've got other problems, right? But like, who cares? If you're at Zillow, who cares? Like, oh, we're going to go after Open Door. Like, who gives a, about yeah. Open Door, right? They, if they focused on, let's do the best, like, let's have the best product out there. Mm-hmm. Let's make the most money of anybody else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All that's that would take care of it. They would beat the pants off of open door if they focused on what mattered rather than like the goal of they had the whole goal wrong. The goal shouldn't have been to like beat open door. The goal should have been to like be the best in the world at this. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it would take care of itself. But Jonathan, that takes time. That's no fun. You're, you're, you report your numbers every 90 days and the CEO needs to, you know, I'm just, I'm being, I'm trying to be funny. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I think it would take time to beat open door too. Right. But they, they, they just, they weren't thinking about yeah. the market right share was the thing. wrong number, but right. again, I know why they picked it. Right. Cause it's a number that they can go, Hey, we bought 17,000 homes and open door bought 13. So we're, I don't know, 84% of the market. That's the wrong freaking metric. You, 
again, yeah. I tell people all the time, and again, I'm I'm trying to do my best to equate Zillow's errors to mom and pop investors and syndicators. Zillow broke two cardinal rules. One, they overpaid. They're just flat out overpaid. They had more money than cents. They had the wrong metric. And yes, folks, some of you all doing deals today on social media, you are guaranteed to lose money. Congratulations, but you got the deal. Yeah. What's the problem? And then second, when things got rough, they beat on the people that they shouldn't have beat on. They beat on the contractors. The goal should have been to have the best quality and get out with the smallest loss. You were done the day you bought it. You were toast. You should have tried to manage the loss. And now that they didn't, they tried to grind the middle. They've delayed projects. They have uh, contractors that won't show up. They probably are taking the cheapest bid because it's the cheapest bid. It's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And I am not shocked they lost half a billion dollars. They also drank the Kool-Aid, right? Oh, Because yes. the Kool-Aid was like, well, we can overpay because the market is going up and the market will catch up with us, right? And yeah. we, you and I have both seen this happen. Oh, repeatedly. You know, where like you get into this bubble mentality and you know what? You can still overpay folks. Like you can still pay too much and the market won't bail you out, especially if you're like, if this is, if you're flipping, mm -hmm. right? And the market is not, and you're trying to like crank these things out really fast. I mean, look, if you're on a two month schedule to do a flip, the market is not going to move like 10% in two months to bail you out, mm -mm. right? No, so, be up you know, or down. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have to, like, just buying that Kool-Aid about like the market's going to bail us out, we can overpay yeah. is just... It's you know, but, but when it, when you're driven by these, by the wrong metrics, you get the wrong result, right? Yeah. And, so, I, and for, and for individual investors, an example of a wrong metric is unit count. I can't tell yeah. you how many people want to brag about units. Units are an unimportant number. Tell me about cash flow. Tell me, you know, something yeah. else. And it's not, not unit count. It's just the classic, like, it's not what you bring in. It's what you keep. Yes. Right? Yes, it is yeah. not what you yeah. bring in. It is what you keep. We'll say it again. It doesn't matter, you know, this basically, well, see, I'm the kind of person, I don't like to talk about money. I don't even talk to, I don't talk to my parents about money. I yeah. don't like about how much I make. I don't tell my kids how much I make. Like only my wife and sometimes not even her. Right? So, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> and it's not, not because I'm hiding anything. I just don't like talking about like yeah. stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. and I don't want, like, frankly, I don't want to talk to my parents about it because I don't want them making any kind of judgment about me about how much money I make. I don't want my kids to talk. I don't want to talk to my kids about it because I want my kids going blabbing all over the place to their yeah. friends. Like, because, you know, they will. Right. They're mm -hmm. going to like talk to all their friends about like oh, my dad said he makes this much money or whatever. I don't want them blabbing that out. Right. So mm -hmm. this is like private information. You want to basically be like the thing that should be most important to you is the stuff that you actually don't want to tell anybody else about right? Mm -hmm. Not, and if you feel the need to like go and like brag about how many units you have or how many buildings you own or anything like that, like your priorities are messed up because you're not focused on the right thing, right? Yeah, I agree. You're just trying to like look like a big shot, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that you are actually doing well. Mm -hmm. And basically, I just think if that's what you're thinking, you're, just, you're probably not focused on what really matters if that's what you're out there Yeah, short term, about. short term thinking. Yeah. You're doing you're well, you're doing bad deals like Zillow. That's all, that's all I got to say. Yeah, so this, this has been fun. Thank you for bringing project catch up. I can't miss I can't believe I missed it. I guess it's now, you know, project napkin but, to clean it up or something. 
but I, I did. It's like project, you know, tie detergent, right? Ah, there you go. Just, like get it out of their t-shirt. Uh, but the, but there's also one thing just to wrap this up. Sure. You and I, as we do so often, called it on yeah. this. Oh, Zillow yeah. went and sold yesterday 2,000 homes to a hedge fund. Surely it's the, you know, they're not dribbling they're this not stuff done. onto the market. No. Yeah, it's, and also, but it's not, there's no opportunity for like the market to collapse because of this or little guys to get no. a piece of it or anything like that. They're just going to go and just try to sell as much as they can, as quickly as they can to like big group and just make yeah. it. And they're probably going to, you know, the ultimate write downs are probably going to be even more because you know oh, they're yeah. going to be selling for volume discounts because those hedge funds are not going to be buying these things at market prices, right? They they want to lock in their profits. So they're willing to do like a fast deal for cash mm-hmm. with Zillow. So Zillow can like stop the hemorrhaging yeah. and they get a good deal. And that's that's why Zillow is just going to, it's already yeah. writing everything down. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling folks, they're, they're going to be out of this business by the end of the year. Zillow wants to put an end to iFlip or iBuying uh, in 2021. They do not want to talk about it in 2022. They're going to do everything they can to get rid of 90, 95% of their units. And it's going to be in chunks, like 2000 at a time. So lots of fun. So Jonathan, how can people find you? So a couple of different ways. One is to Google me. Uh, my, well, Google my company, Two Bridges Asset Management. Uh, if you want to invest with me, uh, there's an investor form that you can fill out and we'll be in touch if you fill it out. And the other way is if you want to you know, talk about multifamily for free and for fun, join my Facebook group. Uh, and the other 12,000 people in it, that is called the multifamily investment community. And please mention that you heard about me here on Mike's show. Thank you. I appreciate that, Jonathan. Have a great day. You too. Mm-hmm.